Hey everybody, welcome to Tava Tuesday. This is Lindsay Warwick, uh, the conduit. Uh, super excited to have uh, Robin T on the podcast this week. Uh, we're just Robin T, spiritual healer. How you doing? Thanks. Hey, how's it going? Good. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's been a while since uh, we've had in-depth conversation, but you yeah, maybe like seven years or something. Yeah, I think seven years. And um, I mean, just having a healing from you seven years ago and going through some of the trainings that I went through with you were very profound. So I, you know, of course you came to mind when I created this podcast. So, you know, we're going to talk about your spiritual journey, your conception of God, your spiritual offerings and whatever else comes through. So sure, sure. You know, just some light conversation. <laughs> I don't do light conversations, so it's okay. I just talk about whatever's, whatever we're going to talk about, the interesting stuff, you know, because that's what we're all here to really do, you know? Yeah, I don't, I don't do light conversation either, so that's why I do this. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about it. How did you, tell us about your spiritual path. Well, you know, I, uh, I was drinking it up and living it up and having a good time, you know, for a long time. I wasn't actually having a very good time, but I was drinking a lot, you know? And, and doing that kind of stuff, which so many of us, it lands so many of us at the, spirit, the door of the spiritual path when you really just like, um, you really, your whole life just just not going the way that it should be going. And and you don't really see what you're supposed to do. And, and really, you know, my first exposure to the spiritual path was 12-step groups um, or back in 2005. So what actually happened was, it was impossible. I could see that it was impossible for the planets to align the way they did align um, for me to end up in that group. Um, if, it was, if it hadn't been from a direct intervention of God, it was like I, I grew up in a church, you know, in the church, in the Protestant church. And so I did that until I turned my back on God completely and just um, parted it up for like 12 years. And then I... I, somebody came into my life who didn't who I didn't drink in front of because she was sober and um I was dating her and I she stayed in a different city so I lived in a different city so I went to this other city she said we have to go to this thing first and then we're going to go out to dinner and this thing was a meeting so I like I wasn't even trying to stop or anything like that and like I was listening to all the people around me I was like oh wow I'm one of these people and then she asked me a few questions um about you know because I said to her and she's like, oh, man, I can't believe I think I think it, this had actually happened to her several times. It certainly happened to her before where she keeps, you know, the person in the age, she keeps dating these people who turn out to be um, active alcoholics. And so um, that was the really the beginning for me. And I was sitting in this meeting eight days after I stopped and I was like trying to figure out how I got there. And it was a very strong sensation. And for me, because I know you're going to talk about concept of God, for me, it was a very strong sensation of a direct intervention of Jesus Christ. Mm. Um, and I'm not like a religious kind of evangelizer or anything, so don't worry, I'm not going to. But, but like, that's the feeling that I had. And then after that, um, this group encouraged meditation. And so I started going to Buddhist meditation. And... Um, for me, like, uh, I, I really started to prefer that to meetings, to be honest. Um, and I was going to this group, it was run by Tara Brack and Jonathan Faust. They're like pretty 
I don't think they were who, who I don't think they were that famous back then, you know, back in 2005, but a lot of people know who they are now because they have this huge group and it was like 300 people all meditating every Wednesday uh, followed by one of their talks, you know, and um, some of the people in my group also talked about retreats, which I got really interested in. And so I did like a weekend silent retreat and then I did a week long silent retreat with the Buddhists, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and those kinds of experiences just, I, I just became like searching, 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 you know, reading books, listening to podcasts, going, I mean, YouTube wasn't as big back then, but like, you know, doing whatever I could, finding whatever I could online, reading web pages, that kind of stuff, everything I could find, I became quite fanatical for it on, on this search. And so it was like at the the rate of knots that I was going in my previous life, I was now heading, trying to <laughs> crack the spiritual code for myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. In that direction, and that that was the beginning of it, for like five years. You know, yeah. when um, that was fourth of February two thousand five was when I actually got sober, and then fourth of February two thousand ten, I was meeting my best friend who uh, he has the same last name as me with the same weird spelling, okay? We're both Thompson with a P, right? And I'd met him in my drinking days. We were crazy together and we'd lost touch. And when we came back together again, I was sober and he was doing, doing it a different way. He was doing it with yoga and meditation and things like this, mm -hmm. but he was also sober. And um, the pair of us got into all kinds of, crazy spiritual concepts and stuff but we we didn't meet up that much because he was in germany and i was in america and you know that was the way that it is but i went to visit him and he said you know robin i know i've talked some shit for years about spiritual stuff but i've really found something that you have to try and what he didn't what he had no idea of the significance of the date 4th of february 2010 i walked into this office of this man who he said was a doctor um, but this man was actually doing spiritual healing work. And the healing there was a life-changing event because um, the way that he does it, he, he was a guy who could remove deep negative things that I, I, I had managed to pick up in my own energy field through all my drinking days and everything like that. He was like, I can't believe you stayed sober for five years with all that on you, you know, um, because when you're when you're living that way, you attract a lot of negative to you and it becomes embedded in the energy field and then blocks you. So even if you want to become spiritual, if you have all that with you, it's like you're walking up a hill and then you add a backpack of rocks that you're trying to drive, trying to bring with you to walk up that hill. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And so he cleared a lot of that um, in a session that was very intense. And then within a few sessions of working with him, um, I started to become very interested and I started to do his training and he started to teach uh, me and some other people as soon as he started teaching in English I, I was there to learn from him and he said you know Robin um or you talk about the alcoholism a lot and um, that you had because I was still going to meetings at that point and he said today we're going to do a healing we're going to take it out and uh, I said that's impossible I said it can't be done because I was about as right-wing AA as you get <laughs> Right? I mean, that's, that's just my personality, right? Whenever I get interested in something, I become extremely strong on it, kind of rigid and a little fanatical because that was just 
Yeah, I'm starting, I'm getting better, but that's how, how I was. You? Life, you know? <laughs> and, um, and so, you know, I was about to write it. So I said to him, you can't do it. Nothing will get this out of me. But half an hour later, I felt completely different. I was going to the meetings and I was like so confused. I was like, I, I don't feel this, what I used to feel anymore. Um, and uh, so I just started to focus on this path full time and learning with somebody who taught him. I started to learn with somebody who taught him. And um, that was profound and life-changing in so many ways. And with my typical personality, I like even quit my career. I quit a business that I owned just to become a full-time spiritual healer way before I was ready. Yep. <laughs> way before I was ready. And, you know, I did okay. But, you know, during that time, actually, that's when we met. Um, you yeah. know, I worked with you. I worked with some other people um, close to you at the time. And, um, and since then, it's really been a path of constant cleansing and constant healing. And now I would say it used to be like, I wanted to be somebody, you know, um, I wanted to be a spiritual healer. Even when we even when you're saying, what do I call you today? And, and I realized that what it says on the spiritual, on my website is spiritual healer. Right. But I'm like, um, I, even that title feels weird now because I think what's half as important, it was more important to me now is my own personal growth, my own personal journey. But, uh, you know, I help whatever I can. And then after a few more years, I met the woman who's now my wife. She's a very naturally gifted healer, like somebody who's been doing healing since she was seven years old. It's not like somebody, it's not like she had to take a class. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. uh, no, there's a different kind of breed out there everybody's gifted right everybody has different gifts different vocations but hers is 100 healing and is very um gifted and so now i help her in in the work that we do and um she's she ended up being this, the the full-time spiritual healer and we work together um and uh it's really just been a beautiful journey of cleansing and healing for myself and then helping other people with the same work you know because every single person you help, every single life you touch, helps you in that same measure. Mm -hmm. You know, and so that's what it's really been. It's been a good, a very beautiful journey. You know, painful, beautiful, difficult, <laughs> extremely difficult at times journey. Absolutely, wow! <laughs> it just brought back so many memories when you were talking. Um, we have so many. We have so many parallels. I feel like mm -hmm. we've talked about this before, but my entry into the spiritual journey was also through a 12 step program because I was binge drinking and, you know, using alcohol to hide from my gifts, hide from the gifts, hide from, you know, the messages and just everything. And I was binging and, you know, that's been an interesting path for me as well. But I did get to a point where like you, I was sitting in the meetings, like, I don't belong here. Like, I just don't, identify with that but that was after like lots of of work as well mm -hmm. but I was thinking because you mentioned you know you felt the spirit of Jesus I've never been closer to Jesus than after a healing from you and it was Marielle right uh Maryville yeah uh-huh yes <laughs> my god mm -hmm. you both did work on me and I, do you remember the story um, I remember you had a huge <laughs> detox. A I was huge detox. I was staying uh, with Jess in Baltimore. Uh -huh. 
And we went to get food after that healing. And I went to sleep and I woke up at like three something in the morning and I was violently sick. Like I was mm -hmm. throwing up in like a bucket in her living room and it, and I was like three something. And I was literally the only thing I could do was pray like mm -hmm. to God to like relieve me of this. Mm -hmm. And the next day, Jess's friend had called her because he said he had a vision that he asked her first if there was someone staying in her house, me. And then he said that he had this vision of me in the living room, sick at three o'clock in the morning. He said he had this vision and that there were demons fighting over me. And then he said he saw Jesus come in and the demons flew, like literally like left. Mm -hmm. And Jesus held me and yeah, I mean, it was really life-changing for me. I don't think I was the same after that. Um, I was really scared <laughs> and confused, like what the mm -hmm. hell is going on? But the message uh, from her friend who said he was a channel for Jesus Christ said, that Jesus said that I had the choice and no matter what choice I made, I would be loved either way. And so mm -hmm. it was just really profound and whew, oh, very nice. Yes. And I, rem I remember that healing with both of you. It was like, it was very intense. And then of course I took the spiritual hygiene class with you and I took the candle healing class with you. And mm -hmm. I have Victor's book in my spiritual library back here still. So I love all the things that I've kind of picked up along the way and incorporated them into, into my life. But that was a really profound moment where I felt, okay, I'm really divinely protected. Like I felt mm -hmm. really protected by that. And obviously a huge detox. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, was I didn't, I didn't know the whole thing about the, the person who had the vision, but I love it when that happens because <laughs> it's like, you can't bring the, these people don't know each other. <clears throat> so it becomes like this unmistakable um, sign that you have where it's like a bunch of people who don't, couldn't possibly know each other are coming together to give me this message. And, and one is confirming what the other one is saying and doing and things like this. You can't argue with it, can you? No, I cried. Like I just cried so much and mm -hmm. it was, you know, I've, I've always had the choice where I think I wielded my power my power for darkness before and now i'm choosing to wield it for the light as we all have that choice of freedom, yeah. you know and it's true and and there is this, there is you know the, the the spiritual world the negative spiritual world exists mm -hmm. same, same with the positive one and so like you and me i mean i spent 12 years in a very negative place i mean oh, yeah. earlier than that you know and so it takes time for all that to come off you know, and yeah. and it's like when we want to turn and become spiritual very quickly. Number one, it's intense because of what what it pushes up and out of us. Yeah. And number two, it's like a yo-yo for a while. You know. Yeah, and I like what you said about uh, Lily. Um, I know you've spoken so highly of her, and I don't think I've actually worked with her, but I no, she came around I back. want to. <laughs> <laughs> well maybe when you come into boulder the, the time the planets will align you know yes how it works but you know now we have a studio here in in boulder colorado 
Mm -hmm. So we're rolling into town basically and saying, hey, we're here. <laughs> but we're, we work with people all over the world. The vast majority of our work is actually video. And, and yeah. it's really spiritual cleansing is what it is. We call it spiritual healing and cleansing. That's the name of the practice. But it's about cleansing ourselves because when you cleanse, you grow. And when you grow, well, that's what you want. You you grow, you you start to, to become better. You start to um, be more in line with your heart. You start to accept the love of God. And then the next really tough thing comes. You know what I mean? Great. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I mean, I think I think to myself, I look back at like 2005 me, if I'd known the kinds of things I would have had to walk through and deal with and see and accept them myself and all these kinds of things. I was talking to somebody else about this a little while ago, a couple of days ago, would we have actually said yes to it? You know what I mean? Because it's like we think the spiritual path is about feeling better, about feeling good all the time and all these kinds of things. And it's just not. It's it's like every time it's like you get a consolation. I love that word, the consolations come. Mm -hmm. Like what you were, you know, after the tears and after you started feeling better. And then, you know, after a while, the next desolation comes because, you know, God just goes a little bit deeper and brings up the next obstacle that we have for ourselves so that we can deal with that one, you know, and then we sit with that for a while until we actually figure out what it is <laughs> and, and get ready to release it, you know. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I definitely can resonate with what you said about like some of us on the path, like come into the path through suffering. I mean, a lot of the spiritual people that I know, you know, they didn't take classes. Um, they, I didn't ask for this. Heck no, I did not want to do any of the things that I do, but spirit had other <laughs> plans for me, um, you know, I think that there's value in taking classes and reading books and learning that way too. But I think mm -hmm. that a lot of us come into the spiritual path through some pain or suffering and some karma that we need to clear and release. And, mm -hmm. and then once we can clear that within ourselves, like you said, that's the whole point of my whole purpose on life is ascension. Literally, that's the path that I'm on. So it's like, you know, I'm going to do the things that I need to do to do that. And it's, definitely not like oh, oh i'm spiritual and love and rainbows it's like fucking hard yeah it is really hard that's how we know we're on the right track you know i i've been looking at a lot recently videos by the monastics the monks you know what i mean the people yeah. who are in that who spend five hours a day in prayer in meditation and doing different things but also live very disciplined structured lives um, and, you know, you always think like, um, yeah, you never think about it, but like they have some of the most vivid descriptions of the kinds of challenges you have to walk through. You know what I mean? It's such a, an amazing thing. I never knew about this before. I've heard it from people in the, in the newer age movement, of course, you know what I mean? But I've been drawing a lot from there because um, it's almost like the expectation of the suffering that comes up as we go through this process is, is there and it's so well known and they just like, they know how to identify it, they know how to handle it, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. sometimes a lot of people, they suffer in silence for a very long time, they're in spiritual crisis, mm -hmm. but they don't know. And so they... They numb to addiction, or they uh, they go to somebody who doesn't know how to recognize the spiritual crisis and get medicated. You know, and it's just it's happening more and more and more and more, right? Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with it. some people need medication. It's just 
if you look at the rate of medication in this country versus it's like a first resort here for some doctors and it's a last resort if you if you if you're in a country where there's a public health system like the uk they medicate you after they've tried literally everything else you know yeah I mean? well thank god for that i mm -hmm. i just had a thought come in I remember when I first met you, you told me that you used to be an AA, but you cured your alcoholism. I think we fought about that, didn't we? Um, I think probably. I was like, no, that's that's impossible. Cause I was like in the program when I when I came to see you and do the trainings and everything like yeah. that. And yeah. And, and just, the weird thing is I would have I would have demonized anybody who said that as a typhoid Mary, as crazy, as a dry drunk, as I would have mm -hmm. had all these names for them if it had been somebody else and then it happened to me and when it happened to me i was in the middle i was sponsoring i was sponsored i had a program yeah i was doing the meetings i was doing everything plus remember that happened to me so so like it came from a place of it didn't come in in the i don't want to go to meetings kind of way right it came in a this is the way you're going to go now kind of way I had a similar experience with it. And, uh, you know, for me now it's like, I, yeah, I don't identify as an alcoholic. I don't identify as an addict. I can take or leave it. I don't, I don't care yeah. anymore. Right, about right. it. It's crazy. Right. To think right. that it's like, we lived a double life. Mm -hmm. It was hard I mean, for I, a I, lot I, of I, my I, sober friends too, right? A lot of my yeah. sober friends were terrified. You're going to ruin your life. And now, honestly, Robin, I've, I've never done better for myself in an abundant, in energetically abundance wise, like, and yeah, it's just, it's only because of God. Exactly. Exactly. It's just when you recognize he is the source, then you do have options. But if you don't, have that recognition inside of you and it's an inside thing it's not something you can just decide one day to have right. because I've had people come to me several people who knew me come to me for healing saying can 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 you do the healing for me so that I can leave AA and none of them were successful so it's like a, it's like a thing that is is kind of happens inside um and uh, and that needs I, I should say that we've had people come and be very successful in stopping drinking coming to our healing part but i've had people who knew me from aa who were in the same group as me who didn't want to be an aa anymore because they couldn't be bothered oh and they would come to me and all of totally them different frequency yeah, yeah yeah um but like it's like an internal thing where you recognize something inside of you is just ready to recognize god as the source and then you have options and yeah. the, see the book says it even though People in AA say you're going to die. The book actually says if he wants to follow us another spiritual path, we let him. Mm -hmm. That's actually a direct quote from the book. And so it's really about the place that you're making that decision from. If it's just like, I don't want to go to meetings, I want to um, go out and socially drink with people because I want to have fun, then you're probably not in a very spiritual place to make that decision. No, it's like I don't care whether I drink or not. It's not important to me. That's not the important decision. It's just like this is what I feel I have to do next to follow God and to be close to God. This is what I feel like I'm led to do. That's the total. That's the place that the decision can be made. And especially if you're doing it from a place of actually having that spiritual program, because it is a great spiritual program. There's very few. Oh, yeah. There's very. I mean, the perfection of it is when you actually it's, look at the program itself. So it can good. only be divinely. It can only be divinely inspired.
he was total. I mean, I, I, I think Bill W total channel. I mean, I think it's of of God, you know, it's, you see people literally in total darkness go into the light through that program. And it's amazing. And I, I'm eternally grateful for it because it brought me to the light and, you know, reformed my connection with God. And I met some really beautiful people that are still in my life that have literally changed me for the better that loved me when I couldn't love myself, you know, just really beautiful things. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I started having a hard time sitting in the meetings and all the repetitive, I'm sick and I'm this and I'm that. And I really firmly believe like words are spells and I also the law of attraction. So if we're focusing on that, like where our our attention goes, our energy goes or whatever Mm -hmm. the saying is, (laughs) but yeah, so it's, uh, but it is really beautiful. And I, and I agree with you. I think, you know, a person would have to come and face their own truth with integrity. And it's all about the inner frequency, just everything you said. Exactly. Very good. I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> How long has it been now since you left? Uh, since I left AA? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. What year is it? It's 22. 2022. I think it was 2019. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, you're still alive. I'm so alive. Something's I'm surviving, actually. And I, yeah. I, I was very, uh, ner- like, not nervous for myself because I trusted God and I knew, you know, mm-hmm. this was my path too. Um, but I was just like you, I had friends say to me, Oh, how did you do that? And how do I do that? And I was like, I don't want to, I will not intervene in that. Yeah. I don't know your truth. You know, your truth. I mean, right. yeah, it scared the fuck out of a lot of people. Yeah. I was, I mean, I thought to myself, maybe I must just be one of those heavy drinkers. Mm-hmm. But the problem is when I look back at my actual story and my experience of drinking, no, that was exactly, I had exactly as the book described. And so I don't believe that's the case. I mean, I really thought to myself for a little while, maybe I was never an actual true alcoholic, but I don't believe it's the case. If you saw, if you saw the way the thinking and everything and the way I was that, I, was, I would describe that to a T, absolutely. But, yeah. you know, some people are meant to stay and some people aren't. And I think that's okay. It's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fear mm-hmm. in the group and rightly so, because people do die. Yeah. You know, so, but it's something, it's just like something that I think um, with fear comes a lot of judgment. Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I felt a lot of that. Yeah. I mean, we're human, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. So right. People often judge what they don't judge and fear what they don't understand. Yeah, exactly. The old timers have seen it. You know, the 20 people with 25 years, 30 years, they're the ones who see it. The people who leave and, and, and crash and the people who leave and thrive. You know, I've, I've spoken to, I've circled back with some of my friends I hadn't spoken to in a long time and caught up with them. And, you know, they all see that they all recognize it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, good. So, so like for yeah. you, like, what was your path after, after you came out of AA? I'm, I'm turning the tables on you here. I don't know why I'm asking this one, but. I guess um, you're supposed to. That's yeah. funny because I had a guest cancel and my one friend was like, well, and I was like, oh, I guess I'm just not going to do the podcast. She's like, well, why don't you have somebody interview you? I was like, 
I don't want to be interviewed. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. not how this works. <laughs> um, I mean, I've been heavy on the yoga path uh, since 2009 and just got super deep into my relationship with Archangel Michael and, and Jesus, the Christ consciousness energy, the Blu-ray energy. I work with that. Um, so just continuing to work with people and learning from the different mentors that presented themselves when I was ready, you know, like you appeared. I work with um, <clears throat> a man from the North, uh, up North, uh, Scott, he was on the podcast too. Now I'm mentoring with a woman uh, named Elaine um, on the shamanic rose priestess path, which is basically the path of the divine feminine. Um, I work closely with, you know, Isis energy, mother, Mary, Mary Magdalene, white Buffalo Catwoman. So that I'm heavy into that right now. So I just continue to follow my Dharma, my heart. Um, Right before COVID, I started getting messages that I needed to leave New Jersey even before COVID, I was like, I need a remote job. I don't know. It just came from source. So I prayed about it and I didn't really search too much, but I found my last job and I was able to move down here before COVID got really bad in New Jersey, moved to Myrtle Beach and uh, I actually just switched jobs. So same industry, but um, different company. Um, and I'm teaching yoga here and I do, I call it shamanic healings, even though like you, like I have a problem. People are like, you're such a good healer. I'm like, no, I'm just a channel. I'm just a conduit. That's why I have the name of the conduit here. Mm -hmm. Just holding space for people. You know what I'm saying? And helping them move, move through what they need to move through to be, to be better. That's, that's my Dharma and also the path of ascension. Mm-hmm. just a casual ascension <laughs> it's like um it's, it's good that like something i have found like because when i was when i met you originally um i was trying to do this full-time because for some reason the way that my ego worked was like um you know at first i'm going to learn how to do it and then i'm going to start doing mm-hmm. the healing work and then i'm going to leave my job and it's going to be the only thing i do it's, it was a kind of escapism it was a kind of spiritual bypassing that i was engaging in because i didn't like working um, and i liked doing healings <laughs> and i liked who people saw me as and what i could see myself as if i could be the healer and these kind of things do you, do you find the same it's like it's like it's better to have a job yes and then offer the spiritual healing than to try and make this your job. That's what I've noticed. I mean, I definitely do better with the balance. I had to, it cost me a lot of money because I, I, it cost, I, I say it's my $250,000 lesson because of all the money I didn't make and all the savings I did spend. Humbling experience, right? Yeah, exactly. Because God also wants you in your muggle job. I call it a muggle yeah. job, mm-hmm. matrix job. Um, I found, I found the same thing. Um, I can't remember if I met you before or after I had sold all my shit and went to Costa Rica and that was a dark night of the soul for it me. Was I during. a fever there. It was during. Woo! So you met me before, then you went to Costa Rica and I, I was talking to you through the whole disaster. And then oh, you yes. came back. I remember, I remember that whole thing. I, and my, the healer that I work with in the North, before I left, I said, Scott, I, I feel like I'm going to die there. And he's like, oh, you are, it's going to be great. 
I was like, what? And then when I had dengue alone in the jungle, I was like, I'm ready to die. Like I have a journal full of stuff that I channeled and I don't know what was, I have not pulled that journal out, but maybe I should since we're talking, but yes, you did talk me through that. That was crazy. Um, mm -hmm. but necessary, total, totally necessary lessons. And yeah. where am I going with this? Oh, I wanted to be a healer full-time too before when I wasn't even ready. Mm -hmm. and it was exhausting and so now I I love I love my full-time job and then I love doing this on the side mm -hmm. but I always bring my energy wherever I go so I feel like I'm doing God's sure. work no matter where I am and as are you so God obviously you mm -hmm. had plans God had other plans God was like no we need you to also do this <laughs> it's true yeah I had a, an experience one time when I was in a, a healing and I saw one of my hands up for blessing and the other one carrying a briefcase. And that's mm -hmm. when I knew I was really sort of being gently told that that was the right, the right mix for me, you know? Yeah. It's too, it's too stressful otherwise. And I feel like um, there's a lot of, I mean, I, I, my, my business now is helping therapists become life coaches like to add coaching so i'm exposed to a lot of the marketing of healers and coaches and people like that and i noticed there's a lot of healers out there where um, there's a necessity for them to make a certain number each month with their work mm -hmm. and if you don't make that necessity then you have to do something to pay your bills right mm -hmm. that is not a good pressure to have on you yep. in um, order to do spiritual work because you have to be able to sometimes say, you know, now is not the time to do it. You have to be able to do counterintuitive things that aren't in the financial or business interests of yourself. And you have to be free to give people the right advice instead of not being, instead of putting yourself in a position where you have to sell them something. You see 100%. What I, mean? I agree with you a thousand percent because you know what? I feel financially abundant and comfortable with my full-time job. I'm super grateful for it. And I love it. I love, I honestly love what I do. So ha having that stability gives me the calmness of mind and body to be a clear channel when I'm doing the spiritual work. It also gives me the ability, like you said, that if I am not, if I'm not in a good spiritual place to say, I am not in the, in the space, I can't hold space for you right now. Let's do it another time. And I have had times where I've humbly said that to my clients and mm -hmm. it is what it is, but I feel like that is, yeah, taking off that financial pressure because it's like, what if you really aren't in a good space mentally or spiritually? But financially, you need you need it, and so then yeah. you're doing it, and it's not clear. Right. I'm That's with right. you. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how we got on this, but it's just uh, it's I just mostly, I think it's when you said I love my job and I love what I do, but it, it's been super important lesson for me to learn. You know, because we're always trying to get somewhere, be something, I know. something, elevate ourselves somehow. And really the actual journey is to let go of most of that so it can actually happen. And then as it happens, you know, it's, it's very difficult to explain, but it has to be that way. Otherwise, you know, we end up, because there's just so much spiritual bypassing going on in our world, in the spiritual community, in 
you know, among, in terms of what people are looking for, you know, and, and, and I see a lot of the time I, um, I see situations where I, I hear somebody talking and it's like, um, they've skipped the self work and gone, <laughs> you know, it's like they've skipped the, skipped the self work they're supposed to be doing, you know, and we're projecting it onto other people. It's a super fickle, super careful that we all need to be, you know, with, when, when we're doing this kind of thing and when we put ourselves out in any kind of way, you know, I know, I know, you know, that I know you feel that. I do. I do now, you know, yeah. after trials and tribulations and it takes years to get there. Yeah. yeah. And I've had some really miraculous, you know, healings with, for myself, you know, I, you know, me, I was always like uh-huh. seeking and learning to and receiving healing. I still like make sure I take care of my energy field. I make sure I take care of my physical body too. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's all part of it. Um, and it took me experience to, to learn all that. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't want to do this full time. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I like to do both. I like to be both. Maybe that's the Capricorn, like the sea goat in me. I like to be in both worlds at the same time. I, I, don't, I have no I idea. I think it's the humility. It's better. Yeah. Also, I try to be as, that was one of the first lessons that Archangel Michael, you know, I channeled was when I first started really connecting to that energy was all about, this is God's work. And I I know that's how you and I really, we really connected on that, on it being God's work and having humility of it all. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I said, I hope that I have it someday. I just, I I flirt with it. I I come in and out of it, you know, (laughs) just the way that we are. I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me, honestly, I'm, I'm interested to learn because right now I'm, you know, I'm in this place where I'm single and I'm happy with myself and I'm doing the spiritual work. So I'm just curious about how you came into union with Lily because that's, Y'all are like expanders for me in the sense where I'm like, I look at you guys and I'm like, that is something that I could have. Well, (laughs) it can be great to have a a shared purpose in that way in a relationship. And it can also make things very challenging when you're both going through the things you need to go through. You know what I mean? Because you do, you do move faster, you know, in some ways because you're, yeah, every, you're, a, you're a reflector. Everybody's a reflector. Yeah, everyone's a mirror, right? A mirror, right? So Lily is a big, shiny mirror for me. And so <laughs> that can be very difficult, you know? And that takes constant work. So is it harder to be in a relationship with somebody who's also doing the spiritual work on the spiritual path? Um, I think so. Yeah, I think it demands more because when I was alone, when I was single, it was, you can stop for a while. (laughs) You don't have to see anyone, you know, and, and you can say, okay, I'm not, not ready at this point in time, but if you're with somebody else, um, whether it's with a wife or whether it's a relationship or whether it's actually just a spiritual friend, Mm-hmm. Or whether you're living in a community, because like I mean, I, I was talking about the monks earlier. The monks do this to each other. Uh-huh. They they all 
they reflect this kind of stuff and it's like you can't <clears throat> you can't get away from it yeah you can't hide from the so mirror that's number in front one. Of you. Yeah. but at the Ever. same time to have somebody who is such a strong conduit who can be such an accelerator for me personally has obviously been able to help me in ways that I could never have had if I was in a relationship with somebody who just wasn't on the spiritual. I was like, Robin, you do whatever you do, do you, that's great, but I'm gonna not. And and so it, it definitely, it definitely helps. I mean, the way that we came together is I think I've always had it in my heart to have a partner who does the same thing. In fact, it's always been a requirement because I would probably, I, I would reject anybody I dated. I tried to date people who didn't care about the spiritual path at all, but it had become by this point, such an integral part of me and such an integral part of what my life was about and the way that I understood life, that it was really for me, the only option. And Amen. after I stopped looking, I, I kept looking. Right. And the disasters got worse and worse. I think you were witness to a few of them. Um, I think I definitely was witness. And yeah, not, I don't think we have enough time to talk about my recent disaster right now. But yes, I'm where you are getting. Right. I once I stopped looking, that's when she actually appeared. And, I, and, and so that it had to be that because when I had my own set idea, Mm -hmm. of what I was looking for um I was uh I was just having experience and looking for that and, and going on dating apps and things like this the experiences were just getting progressively worse Ugh. progressively worse it was it was bringing me to a state of surrender to the point where I was just like okay this is this is crazy I gotta stop this and that's when it that's when it happened um so I can't tell you when it's going to happen for you nobody can but i can tell you that i did i believe i blocked um by having my own set idea of how it needed to be who it needed what kind of person it needed to be with and chasing that by myself and that's hard because the worst thing you can say to somebody who is single and looking is just surrender it's going i to know happen. it's the horrible it's a horrible thing to hear it's the last thing anybody wants to hear but it is, has been true for me yeah, I, uh, I'm at the point where, cause you know, I'm 34. And so it's like, I always envision myself having at least one kid. Uh -huh. So it's a biological clock thing for me. So I, for me, it's surrendering to that idea of maybe not, I don't know. Or yeah, just but you know what, having a, when you have a child, um, if there's big stuff we have to deal with in our life, if you're the if you're the person who is bringing that child into the world, and you have like some issues that haven't been dealt with, like if you'd if you'd given birth at 24, or 25 or 26 years old, the baby would have come out with more issues. Is this, is this okay to say? Sometimes this seems very direct, but like now you're 34, you've done more work, you've matured, you've grown, you've let go of so many things, then it's even if it's like there's all these people who say things physically what if it's better honestly it probably is better because yeah you know with the way that our country is right now i guess i'll just share like i did opt to uh, have an abortion when i was 21 because i was in that dark drinking place and uh -huh. i couldn't it was not a question for me to bring a soul into earth 
that way, uh-huh. that young. And I'm saying this on my podcast. I finally just opened up to like my brothers about it, you know, because I was just visiting uh, them. And, you know, I'm really upset that our country, the U.S. is going in that direction. I think uh, when a woman should have a right to choose. Um, and very controversial, but yes, I can't imagine myself being a mother when I was living the way I was living. And that's mm-hmm. why I decided no. And I, I know it was a male spirit. I've done lots of forgiveness ritual. I honestly think that his spirit is in my dog, which is, that's a whole other conversation, but I believe it a thousand million percent. Um, yeah. And also I want to say that I really resonate with what you say, because I feel like I am so deep in the spiritual work. Like literally my life path is ascension. I can't have a normal relationship. It has to be a conscious relationship. And I know that it's going to be harder, but for me, that's, I agree. I'm where you were. Like, I'm literally like, fuck the dating apps. Like, fuck it. (laughs) Like, because I don't know what else to do. Right, exactly. Just surrender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we cannot. We, I mean, it's not something I think can really. For for me, it couldn't happen through one of those apps. It had to be something that happens some other way, and um, you know, I hope it happens for you soon. For me, I was thirty seven, thirty eight. So, and I, if I hadn't have done that work, I probably would have. Uh, I would have ended up in, a, in an unhappy relationship. I agree a thousand percent. I feel like you know what, everything is divinely timed. And I don't beat myself up for that choice that I made when I was 21. I wasn't ready. It wouldn't have been, I knew intuitively it wouldn't have been the right path for mm-hmm. me or the spirit of that being who's with me now anyway, in dog form. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. So good stuff. This conversation has been amazing. Um, yeah. Is there anything else that you want to share or how can people contact you if they want to do work with you or if they want to work with you and Lily? Like, how does that work? Sure. That work like? it's, all, it's always with, uh, with Lily and myself. Um, okay. And, uh, you know, Lily does some of the higher level stuff and I, I assist with, with a lot of the cleansing. And so, um, you know, there's things like spiritual initiations, there's shamanic healings that she's offering, there's transmissions and empowerments that she's offering, and that she was taught by, by the Incas down in Peru. And then there's spiritual cleansing work as well, where it's really about cleansing and removing the negativity to help people to really, you know, the, the core of it is to accept the love of God mm-hmm. and to feel closer to, and, feel, and to feel that they're coming home to that. But the way that manifests in your life can be very practical as well. It can solve problems. It can, it can help you to get over illnesses. It can help you to get over emotional challenges and problems. It can help sometimes there are people who do bad things. Like we do good things, right? But there are people in the spiritual world who do very bad things. Mm-hmm. And that needs to be removed because it can really hurt people. And mm-hmm. so that's some of the work that we can do as well when that's present. And so, you know, go to medicinewomanmedicineman.com. Mm-hmm. And that's where you can see the plethora of work. We do have monthly online free healings as well. If you just want to take a little, a little uh, sample of the work and try it and see how it feels in you. They're very simple. There's no talking. We come online. 
Um, it take it, Lily's there. It takes about ten minutes on a on a Wednesday once a month. Doesn't cost a thing, but people from all over the world join, and so you can take that path as well if you're financially limited, or if you need, um, or if you just want to get a little introduction before coming in and seeing us for an individual session. We work by photo, video, or in person in Boulder, Colorado. So, medicinewomanmedicineman.com. So awesome. Wow, so great. It's been so great having you on the podcast. I feel like we yeah. could just continue to talk for like hours. Probably. Yeah. Probably. I'm definitely interested in, in um, you know, checking out a healing from both of you. You should I'm come. I'm scared though, because last time it was so shamanic. I was literally, pur- literally purging like a freaking ayahuasca journey. Like, I was a thrown yep. out. <laughs> it's very strong. Uh, you could try taking Olympia. Um, which is um, something that has to be done in person. If you're coming to Boulder, it has to be done in person. And it's, uh, I think you've seen little bits of sort of the way it was, but this is done with alcohol and herbs that have been mixed together. And it takes a long, long time to prepare everything, Um, like months and months to prepare the alcohol. And then it's applied on your body and it's like a physical purge as well as a spiritual purge. And uh, it's a a strong one. So hopefully (laughs) we'll see. I mean, I'm pretty strong, so yeah. I survived your healing. I survived dengue fever, COVID. I'm just this one's a big hurt. I'd love for you to receive that. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. You know, again, thank you. I'm so honored and blessed to know you and have you on the podcast. And thank you to the viewers or listeners, however you're consuming uh, the podcast this week. Thanks for tuning in. And if you know. Check out Robin, um, get a healing, get your trash can ready. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Girl, but no. It doesn't happen to everyone. It just happens to a few people. <laughs> but yeah, definitely uh, reach out if uh, anything he said resonated or if you're looking for some healing. And I will catch you all next time. Thanks. Bye for now. Bye.